Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 16 through 1110, called, A Shoot Will Spring from the Stem of Jesse. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. When the day of the Lord comes, the source of the judgment, the tool by which God will judge will be fire. And this will be a radical judgment, the judgment called the day of the Lord. And he will burn with unquenchable fire. And we even see the image of fire is used of hell itself. It is the wrath or fury of God. And so Peter says, looking, we're looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord or the day of God on account of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. And since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought we to be in holy conduct and godliness? The idea of the earlier exhortations from God to the leader Ahaz was don't fear them. I will take care of them. I will deal with them. But we... We had to make it human and we had to say, if you knew that armies were assembling and were going to come down to Southern California and they were in San Francisco, would you be a little nervous? Would you be at a prayer meeting or loading your AK-47? You know, what would you be doing? Maybe both. But the point is, you have to see the humanity here. The king, he can't seem to get to trust God because he doesn't believe God. Now we'll come about in that day 20, that the remnant of Israel... And those of the house of Jacob who have escaped will never again rely on the one who struck them, but will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Look for the names of God in these sections. You're going to see the Lord, the God of hosts. You're going to see the Holy One of Israel in that day, says the ESV. The remnant of Israel and the survivors of the house of Jacob will no more lean on him who struck them but will lean on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel in truth. That's the ESV verse 20. No longer will they lean on the wrong foundation. How long have you been leaning on the wrong foundation? Or sometimes when we're in trouble, what do we lean on? The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what? Lean not on your own understanding. In how many of your ways? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Another way to say that verse is, lean on the Lord and don't lean on your own understanding. Which way do you lean when the wind is blowing? Well, you know, humanly speaking, sometimes we can't say that we always go to God in prayer immediately when there's an overwhelming issue in our life, but that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to trust him in everything. Trust in the Lord in all your ways. Lean on him. Don't lean on your own understanding or lean on the understanding of the world. You will no longer lean on the one who, whose intent was to destroy you. It makes you think of how many people are leaning on uh, worldly solutions. And the one behind this world is who? Satan. And his Uh, desire is to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. He's a thief. 
He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants you to lean on that which you think is strong. But God says it's going to fall. When the storm comes, it's really going to uh, bring out whether or not that thing that you've been leaning on is trustworthy or not. And so here we're exhorted through this story to lean on the Lord. A remnant will return, 21. The remnant of Jacob to, here's another name for God, to the mighty God. Uh, Look at Isaiah 9, verse 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. What's your Bible say? Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, the one that we lean on in times of trouble is Jesus Christ. And the cool thing about Jesus among many cool things about Jesus, sorry for the surfer language there, is that he is our great high priest. Whoever lives to do what? To intercede for us. In other words, he wants you to lean on him. Cast all your anxiety, not some, all your anxiety upon him because what? He cares for you. Another way to say that is lean on him because he loves you. Lean on me, says the song, when you're not strong. I'll hold you up. That's what God is saying. He's saying, my people, this is what I want you to do. I am the mighty God, the one who doesn't sleep or slumber. You can lean on me. I'll be your shoulder. Don't go to other idols. Don't go to other false gods. Don't go to human leaders just because they have an impressive record right now. Maybe they're 19 and 0, but when they play me, they'll be 19 and 1. Because I am the mighty God. I am your God. Will you depend on me? One writer said, when God rips from your arms some false trust that has uh, struck you a thousand times, And a thousand times you've gone back to it in servile compliance. And you're ready to go back again when God tears it away. Do you see what he's doing? His grace is setting you apart as one of his remnant, dear to his heart. Will you return? The writer's saying, you've gone back to this thing a thousand times and you said, I know every time the 999 times I've leaned on this thing, it didn't hold me up, but I'm sure it will this time. And God's saying, no, every time you lean on that, you lean on it, it goes back to the ground, and boing, 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 it comes back and smacks you in the head. He said, but yeah, it's been cold and refreshing and cozy for a while. He says, don't lean on it. I will rip idols from your life so you no longer have an option to lean on them, so you'll learn to lean on me. That's what God is saying. You see the Assyrian king? I'll deal with him in one day. I'll deal with him in a minute, a second. Don't trust in that which cannot deliver. For though your people, O Israel, may be like the sand of the sea, 22, only a remnant within them will return. A destruction is determined, overflowing with righteousness. Righteousness is the outworking of holiness. God said the people of Israel would be as the sand of the sea. You can reference Genesis twenty-two seventeen. 32, 12, but only a remnant will return for a complete destruction, one that is decreed, the Lord God of hosts will execute in the midst of the whole land. Therefore, 24, 
Thus says the Lord God of hosts, O my people. Notice he's still in the midst of judgment and discipline, calls, him, calls them his people. O my people who dwell in Zion, do not fear the Assyrian who strikes you with a rod and lifts up his staff against you the way Egypt did. For in a very little while, my indignation against you will be spent and my anger will be directed or redirected, if you will, to their destruction. In just a little while, things are going to turn around. Don't be afraid of them. Sometimes the, the giants look pretty overwhelming to us. And God says, I want you to believe that even when the giants seem to be winning, I want you to know that in a very little while, I'm going to turn things around. Now, if the church does go into a time of great tribulation, and I've told you before publicly, if I have a vote, I'm going to vote for the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. I hope you're all right. But if we do not get raptured at the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel and we go through a time of great trouble, these verses will become very dear to us. And I would say to you that even tonight, your brothers and sisters who are persecuted in other nations tonight, who are behind prison bars tonight, who have had family members raped and murdered tonight, have to hold on to verses like this, that in a very little while, God will turn things around. Momentary light affliction is producing an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison while we look not to the things which are seen, but to the things which are what? Unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. Sometimes it's just not pretty, folks. This life sometimes just is not pretty. We can try to clean it up as much as we can, but the fact is sometimes it's ugly, and sometimes it's ugly for the very people who love God or are called by his name. And God says, hold on, because I'm going to redirect things, and in a very little while, I will, my indignation against you will be spent. And th this is language that, you know, sin uh, stacks up. Uh, they, they keep on stacking sins one upon the other. They keep adding to the wrath and the day of wrath. But there's a time when God says, that's it. I've done my work. I've done my discipline. And the Lord of hosts will arouse a scourge, 26, against him. That's Assyria. Like the slaughter of Midian at the rock of Oreb. And his staff, God's staff, will be over the sea. And he will lift, up the way, uh, lift it up the way he did in Egypt. It's as if he's saying in the beginning of 26, you Assyria live by the scourge, now you're going to die by the scourge. You live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. You can get away with it for so long. You all know what I'm talking about? You can play with sin, you can, you can toy with it for a while, but eventually if you live by it long enough, you will die by it. God's grace will extend to us, and I can tell you that... Uh, so many times God's grace has been extended to me beyond. You know, that's why I'm standing here tonight. But God's saying, you know what? You, you whipped people's backs. You Assyrians, you were relentless in your torture of people. You would take people, you would capture them, and I'm sorry to be gross, but they would skin people alive. They would do dastardly things, and God says, now the whip is going to be turned on you. Don't you love movies that sometimes do that? You know, the, the guy, the good guy in the movie is just getting the worst of it, right? 
And then things turn around and somehow then the bad guy is right in that position and you have to admit, you say, yeah. He's now, he's getting what he dished out to others. I'll pray for him later, but right now I'm just enjoying this moment, Lord. Sorry, but I'm here. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Michael Lance says it at the end of each week, get to church. Fellowship is important. If you live in Southern California, make sure you visit the church Pastor Michael has the honor of serving as senior pastor. Living Truth Christian Fellowship is in the city of Corona on 1009 Arsenal Way. You can learn more about the church on walkintruth.com. If you listen to Walk in Truth and you're nowhere near Southern California, Pastor Michael would ask that you make an effort to get into fellowship. Being alone is needed sometimes, but it's not the way the Lord would have you live. Pastor Michael and the whole Walk in Truth team pray you get to church this week and learn more about Pastor Michael Lance, the mission of Walk in Truth, and our church at walkintruth.com. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth. God's saying, you know what? You, you whipped people's backs. You Assyrians, you were relentless in your torture of people. You would take people, you would capture them, and I'm sorry to be gross, but they would skin people alive. They would do dastardly things, and God says, now the whip is going to be turned on you. Don't you love movies that sometimes do that? You know, the, the guy, the good guy in the movie is just getting the worst of it, Right? And then things turn around and somehow then the bad guy is right in that position and you have to admit, you say, yeah. He's now, he's getting what he dished out to others. I'll pray for him later, but right now I'm just enjoying this moment, Lord. Sorry, but I'm human. So it will be. And notice that he uses these images of uh, the slaughter of Midian. Who did that? That was under Gideon and his army was down to how many? 300, uh, odds looked overwhelming, and God said, yeah, I want you to pare the army down so the one who will get the glory is me, right? And then the other victory, he says, is the victory at the sea over Egypt. What sea was that? That was the Red Sea, and it sure looked like Israel was in deep trouble as the chariots of Pharaoh came towards the sea. They were trapped in the sea, and then God, uh, what, ha- what arose there to, uh, to keep uh, Pharaoh at bay? It was called a pillar of what? fire. And God says, that's as far as you're going to go. See, I will protect my people. And he opened up the sea, and Pharaoh and his army had to be thinking twice about this one. Let's see, he opens up the sea before him, he keeps us by the pillar of fire, and then fire goes out, let's go into the sea and chase him. This looks like a trap to me, but nah, never mind, sin can totally blind you, right? And the sea covered them. And God, through Moses, said, you'll never see their faces again. That which looks so huge, so dominant in the world, Egypt, the world empire, God says, in a couple minutes, they'll be done and you'll never see them again. This is the God of Israel. This is your God. So it will be in that day that his burden 
will be removed, the burden of Israel from your shoulders, the burden of Assyria on Israel's shoulders, and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be broken because of fatness. If you have a New King James, it says, the yoke will be broken because of the anointing oil. Why the difference in translations? Well, I was doing a little uh, homework on this one, and scholars that I read said that the anointing oil is probably truer to the Hebrew here. So the yoke will be broken because of the anointing oil, and yours may say fatness. What does he mean? Well, Israel is the anointed of God, and the anointing oil is representative of what happens when they anoint the king, and the king that was anointed that we immediately think of is who? David. And God is saying once again, because of David, because of the promise that I've made that the Messiah will come through his family line, I will preserve them and I will uh, remove the yoke of the Assyrians, the yoke of the burden. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will what? Give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and in me you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So many people burdened tonight. So many people trying to be religious. So many people thinking that, yeah, if I just do that thing, I'll be having fun. I'll be living free. And they're under a yoke. And God says, I want to lift the yoke from you. That's the heart of God. God is not some ogre trying to ruin your good time because you know where all your good times led you, right? You became a servant of that thing. God says, no, my heart is to make you free. And if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. In 2 Samuel 1, David laments the death of Saul. 2 Samuel 1.21, look it up later. David says of Saul, the shield of Saul, not anointed with oil. He says of Saul, God pulled his presence from him. But God says, no, my people, I am with you. I'm Emmanuel. And because of the anointing that I've put on you, I will remove the yoke from your life. He has come against Ayath. Now we're going to see the track of the Assyrians, and we'll move quickly, but moving from the north to the south, and many believe Ayath is Ai, about 10, 15 miles north of Jerusalem, he has passed through Migron and Michmash. He deposited his baggage, or more likely he reviews or examines his weapons in preparation, 29. They've gone through the pass saying, Geba will be our lodging place. Rama is terrified, and Gibeah of Saul has fled away. The picture is they're moving closer and closer to Jerusalem, and each people group that runs into them, which were kind of supposed to be places of strongholds and places to hold up armies, people are just running. They're running away. They're saying, no, I'm not going to fight. You're going to fight him? No, nope, bye. They're not protecting anything. And closer and closer comes the army. And cry aloud with your voice, O daughter of Gollum. That's not from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Pay attention. Lasha and wretched Anathoth, probably about five miles northwest of Jerusalem, closer they get. Uh, Madmana has fled. The inhabitants of Gabum have sought refuge. They're all running away. Yet today... He will halt at Nob, some believe about a mile away from the holy city. He, Assyria, shakes his fist at the mountain of the daughter of Zion, the hill of Jerusalem. There he is. He can see it now. You're mine too. 
No one's going to stand against me. Israel will go down and the holy city will be mine. Have you heard that in the news lately? We'll push them into the sea. You know, we have world leaders today saying this, standing up on national television saying they want to eliminate a whole people group. And by the way, they're the little Satan. Guess what you are? You're the great Satan. And you are tied in, grafted in to uh, Israel. And our connection to Israel is unmistakable. And the United States is wrestling with what we should do. Should we bless those? Uh, Should we bless the one that God will bless? Should we stay true to Israel? Uh, Yeah. To answer your question quickly, yeah, we ought to. Because I think that the United States has realized, and those who know their Bibles have realized, that we ought to be uh, behind Israel. And so he, here he is at the hill of Jerusalem. And behold, there's another player on the screen. The Lord, the God of hosts, will lop off the bows, or the bow. This represents the king of Assyria. Okay, time to fight. Little square off time. Imagine you against the God of Israel. What kind of sword would you need to fight this battle? Imagine Jesus when he appears in the book of Joshua, chapter 5, and Joshua is out walking around and he says, "Uh, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither. But as the commander of the Lord of hosts, the army of the Lord of hosts, I have now come. I'm not for you. I'm not for them. I'm for me. Whose side are you on, Joshua? I know where I'd plant my flag with the shiny one who's a warrior, who's coming back with his holy angels in flaming fire and says in Thessalonians to deal out retribution to those who do not obey the gospel. And the Lord, the God of hosts, will lop off the bows with a terrible crash. And those also who are tall in stature will be cut down. And those who are lofty will be abased or brought low. And he will cut down the thickets. Thickets represent the army of Assyria of the forest with an iron axe. And Lebanon will fall, here's another name of God, by the mighty one. You know, human pride will eventually bring you low. And the king of Assyria has been pompous and he's been talking about himself and he's been pretty puffed up and God says, you're about to fall. I'm about to cut you down. I'm about to leave you as a stump in the forest. That's what happens. You've been listening to A Shoot Will Spring from the Stem of Jesse, part two on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 16 through 1110. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, You can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening to Walk in Truth on this station. Please continue listening here because, well, this station is honoring the Lord by serving many more ministries in addition to ours. And you'll get to hear the latest broadcast from Pastor Michael. Walk in Truth is also available on your podcast app on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many others. You can listen to all of Pastor Michael's previous teachings. We have Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Colossians, Job, Ephesians, Psalms, Revelation, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, we have beautiful promises, don't we? Very hopeful promises in this grand book of Isaiah. The Lord 
is salvation. Well, here we are at the end of another week, and it is so wonderful to have spent this time in the book of Isaiah. And as we move to the weekend, I would like to invite you to the fellowship that I have the privilege of being the senior pastor, but I'm just one of several pastors who are doing the work of ministry, a great team of elders and deacons and leaders uh, in every ministry throughout what we do, including an incredible worship team, an incredible gift uh, of servants throughout the ministry, we would love for you to come and experience a service. Now, two Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m., and we'll be returning shortly to the book of Exodus where we left off as we moved into the Advent season. Um, but we'd love for you to join us. Now, if you're out of the area, you can check out the 1030 service on our YouTube channel. Just search for Living Truth Christian Fellowship. But if you are anywhere within driving distance of the Inland Empire, the church is right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. It's called Living Truth Christian Fellowship. And you can get to the church and find out information and directions when you go to walkintruth.com and click on the church tab. That's walkintruth.com and click on that church tab. Now remember, Living Truth's YouTube um, uh, worship uh, that you can join in on and experience is not to replace fellowship in your local church. So please make that a priority. But if we can supplement, if we can be a blessing to you, if you happen to be shut in right now and can't get outside, search YouTube. That is Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Join us at 1030 Pacific Time Live. We'd love to have you and love to be a blessing to you. God bless you and have a tremendous weekend and we will see you very soon. And join us Monday for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 16 through 1110 called A Shoot Will Spring from the Stem of Jesse. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.